ComC is excited to announce their latest grading partnership with PSA, the largest and most trusted third-party authentication and grading company in the world. With over 30 million raw cards available through our marketplace, ComC is expanding upon our effortless grading experience for you to buy, sell, and grade your sports, Marvel, and TCG cards. Don't forget to submit your cards for grading today with ComC Direct to Grading. You're listening to the Wax Pack Hero Sports Card Minute, a podcast where we discuss both the hobby and business sides of collecting. I'm your host, Mike Summer, and I want to help you buy, sell, and trade your way into a collection you'll love. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Wax Pack Hero Sports Card Minute. Today, we are going to be talking all about rookie cards. For as long as I can remember, as a child of the 80s, A player's rookie card is one of the most sought-after cards in somebody's collection. But that hasn't always been the case. If you talk to collectors who have been actively collecting in the 60s and 70s or or even earlier than that, rookie cards weren't always the main focus of a a collection. Or maybe it didn't carry that much more weight than some of the other cards in a collection. And today, you're starting to see the same thing. There are some people who prefer to collect the first Bowman of a player, and there are others who say a limited or more rare parallel or insert card is the most desirable card for a collection. But it's still hard to argue that rookie cards don't hold a significant place in the hobby. And today we're bringing on a rookie card specialist, Victor Roman Sr., focuses on rookie cards he creates content he's got a website and a podcast all about the rookie card the definition of a true rookie card and helps provide a resource for collectors to identify the true rookie card for a a variety of players or provides a set of suggested guidelines that one can use to determine what is a rookie card when there are so many out there we're gonna deal and dig into that throughout this upcoming conversation Hi, this is Pat Hughes, Cubs announcer, coming to you from the sports card shop in beautiful New Buffalo, Michigan. The Gocher family has built an incredible place here for collectors to buy, sell, and trade cards and memorabilia. Be sure to stop by and let them show you around. TheSportsCardShop.com, connecting sports, athletes, the hobby, and collectors around the world. Hi, this is Tony Rice, and I'm here to tell you the Gocher family has done it again. They just opened a sport card shop in downtown Valparaiso, Indiana, and it is awesome. If you're a collector, you need to check this place out. Tell them Tony sent you, and they get a free gift on your first visit. Well, today I want to welcome Victor Roman to the show. Victor is known online as the Rookie Card Specialist, and we're going to dig into a little bit about how he got that name or why rookie cards are so important to him. So Victor, welcome to the show. Mike, thanks for having me, man. I'm going to tell you something. Uh, I've been listening to you, your, your podcast now for quite some time. I consider you one of the uh, primary pillars of the community as far as hobby content is concerned. And um, because of that, I mean, I'm, I'm honored to be here. Thanks for having me. 
No problem. I first came across you or, or learned of you through Dr. Beckett's show, actually. I believe you were, you know, you had a conversation with Dr. Beckett, got to hear a little bit about that. You know, we're both now part of the um, Hobby News Daily group that, that contributes content to Hobby News Daily. Uh, we to meet for the first time face-to-face at the National this last summer. And so I love to highlight people who are creating content and you've got a website that's specifically dedicated to the the concept of a rookie card. And I wanted to start by digging in a little bit about that. What, what prompted or what inspired you to want to dedicate an entire website to the concept or the idea of a rookie card? Yeah, to, for me, it was, uh, Mike, I had a 10-year a, a layoff within the hobby between 2004 and 2014. And, and when I got back, uh, you know, I was dabbling in certain things and, and really reacclimating myself with the hobby, right? So a lot of things had changed. There was a lot of things that were new to me, you know, more specifically breaking, you know, that was something that didn't exist when I left in 2004. Uh, but when I, when I started getting into it, I started to shop for um, rookie players that, that I enjoy watching. Uh, right at the, that time, my, my beloved Chicago Cubs were, um, you know, they were, they were making a lot of uh, noise as far as, you know, contending teams. So I, I went online and started shopping for rookie cards of, you know, Javi, Javier Baez and, and Chris Bryant and such. And I, I, I come to find out that, you know, there were so many cards on listed on eBay that were, uh, saying that they were rookie cards on, on the description. And, and I just really got confused because it seemed like everything in like a four to five year window was considered a rookie card. And I'm like, you know, how can a, I know I've been gone a while, but I haven't been gone that long. How, how can a player have four or five years worth of rookie cards? And I was just really confused and it really got frustrated. And, and so I, I did notice an RC logo on some of the cards, but but not all of the cards. So I got real curious and started doing homework on that. And, and what I found was, uh, as I dug in, uh, deeper into the rabbit hole, I found a lot of people that were kind of confused and frustrated just like I was. So that that led me to, to really learn about this. Uh, and, and I needed an outlet, right? And so I created my website in, in 2016 is when I published my first article. And that became kind of my platform to kind of write my findings, what I've been finding out about this rookie card and, and how it's evolved. And so you've got on the website, if people go out to truerookiecards.com, you know, they can see a kind of right off the bat, they can see a document that you've published that kind of provides what you call some guidelines for the rookie card. Um, yeah. How did you come up with that? Yeah, great question. That was the the, the basis of, of my research. What I found was, you know, there, there was a, a set of guidelines that I knew about back in the 80s and 90s, and that was always established by Beckett Publication which was really considered, you know, the, the Bible of the hobby for, for many, many years. And they always did a wonderful job at giving you or giving the hobby definitions. And, and they, they would write articles explaining certain things. And they really documented the evolution of the rookie card. 
Well, once Dr. Beckett sold the, the company in 2005 and the, and the Players Association kind of stepped in and gave their guidelines in 2006, it seems like the, the, the rookie card guidelines have been slowly and subtly just eradicated, or, or I call it forsaken. And, and so there's really no like document that is recording all of this. So what I've done was I've taken the, the, the guidelines that we had in the 80s and 90s, and, and I, I resurrected those, right? I dusted them off that kind of thing. And I, and I found, found out that some of them are outdated. Some of them are a little obsolete because the hobby has evolved, but some of them are, are still carry some weight today. And so I held on to those. And then I grabbed the ones that the players association set out and I kind of combined the, the two and made a document. And, and at first I called it the 10 commandments of the rookie card, but uh, that, that, that always seemed to be rub people the wrong way because number one, nobody likes rules, right? So, so I shouldn't say nobody, but the majority of people, it rubs them the wrong way when you say rules, but I ended up uh, naming it rookie card guidelines and best practices. And the, the guidelines are what the players association has established because they are the legal authority of the rookie card. And then the best practices are the current uh, guide, uh, I guess the current practices that the hobby still establishes and still holds on to. And, you know, not everybody agrees. That's the problem. But I, what I have found Mike through, through my research is that we don't agree because there's no understanding there. There's just a lot of um, ignorance as to what is and is not a rookie card. Many hobbyists that I know didn't even know that the players association stepped in in 2006 and they've been hobbyists for 20 30 years and so uh, there's just a lot of misinformation out there there's a you know not everything can be a rookie card a player cannot have or shouldn't i should say shouldn't have three four five years worth of rookie cards we see you know that rc logo is everywhere right like it we we have it on Every product line, pretty much that these the manufacturers offer, we have it on every insert, every parallel, every you know version of a card. We have it on on-demand, online-only cards. We have it on on cards that come in packs. The, the card is everywhere, and sometimes it almost seems like the manufacturers are utilizing that rookie card logo as a way to sell more product and generate more interest in in some of these players cards what do you think about that 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 proliferation of the rookie card logo many people will just say if it's got a rookie card logo on it it's a rookie card yeah well yeah i think it's it's one of them things right it was it was it it was mandated by the players association that a, a rookie card has to have an identifier okay and and i think in hindsight that was a really good idea because before that, they were just uh, putting these players into product earlier and earlier. They were, they were actually, some of them were in the minor leagues, and they already were being placed in sets as rookie cards. And it was two, three, four years ahead of time. And so that really was frustrating a lot of people because the checklist were so rookie heavy, and a lot of these players never even made it to, to the major leagues, many of them. And so... 
when they stepped in and, and gave some structure to it, I think it was much needed. But I think over time, the, the waters have been muddied, per se. And they very slowly and very subtly, have they started putting it in insert cards. They started putting that logo on subset cards. And it's just anything and everything is a rookie card nowadays. And, and I'm just trying to hold on to or establish some lines of clarity. Because with the amount of product that's being released, our ultra-modern players today have anywhere between 2,500 and 3,200 cards of them created on any given year. And they put the rookie card logo on all 3,200 cards. And so as collectors, we say, well, which one should I get? Which one's, which one's better to get? Which one's the more popular one? Which one? And there's just a lot of, I don't know what to get. In the past, you could use these guidelines and you could filter it down to the one or two or maybe three cards that were the rookie card of some of these players um, from the 80s and and earlier, right? Mm-hmm. Um, today, like you said, there's so many cards that are out there. How can somebody utilize your site to help them na- filter that down and help them navigate that down? I guess that's that's part A of my question. Yeah, yeah, great question. Well, I I... I end up presenting it this way. I I take the cards that are in question, right? And I filter them through the guidelines that I have written down that document. And once I do that, well, now I funnel them into four separate categories. And that is pre-rookie card, a true rookie card, a rookie year card, and post-rookie theme. And by looking at the guidelines and filtering the cards through there, we have a, a way of categorizing and that categorization uh, is an, is, is like an additional layer of identification, but I feel it gives us uh, lines of clarity. Like a lot of our prospect cards do not have the rookie card shield and they shouldn't because legally they're not allowed to because they're not in the major leagues yet. So that's how come I categorize those cards as pre rookie cards. Now, the true rookie cards are the ones that fully comply with the guidelines, meaning it's licensed by both leagues. It comes in pack form. It's got the identifier, those sorts of things. Well, if a card complies with, with that part of the guidelines, then it's a true rookie card. But if it's a, a, a rookie year, that means it's a card that was released in the player's rookie year but doesn't fully comply like an insert card or a subset card. Those to me now, this is how I, how I categorize them, Mike. And I know not, this isn't a popular opinion, but it, it does make sense to, to a lot of other people as well. It's, I mean, the, the, there is a stark, you know, some people agree and some people don't agree, but those types of cards, I categorize them as rookie year. And then you have cards that are come afterwards that have an element in the design that that signifies rookie. And a lot of people think, especially the novice collectors, they think that a second and third year card, just because there's a element that's a, a design element that says rookie, they actually think that those are rookie cards. But technically and officially, they are not. So I categorize those as post-rookie theme. You follow okay. me? Yeah. 
So you've got, if, if people go out there, you can kind of see a subset of players from some of the different sports and some of the modern stars where you've kind of broken down that analysis for a handful of players and you can kind of see the the cards that fit your criteria for for certain players how often do you go in and add new players to kind of the the posts or the the player specific articles that you've got well you know the the articles i've been i haven't posted an article in quite some time i think the last one i did was shohei otani but I do have written articles with full pictures and everything that you can see on certain players. I, I typically focus on Hall of Famers. That's just uh, because of the passion that I have for collecting Hall of Fame rookie cards. And uh, But there's there's plenty of uh, articles on there. So I'm I was also wondering, you know, we've talked about how there was a lot of confusion. We've talked about the use of the RC logo on on all kinds of stuff. And there's, there seems to be not necessarily a widely accepted definition of a rookie card, right? Have, have you ever gotten the question, well, why does it matter? You know, if, if, uh, if the market is going to accept this as a rookie card, then it's going to be a rookie card. What's it matter if there's a, a specific rule? Is that something that, that people have kind of, asked you or, or pushed you back on you or the, the guidelines and the, the best practices that you're sharing. Is that something that all has, has come up? Oh my goodness. Yes, Mike. Yeah. That, that's a, seems to be the, the, the main question. Uh, and, and some people get it and, and some people, some people don't. Okay. But it, it's one of them things um, where I, I, I constantly preach that the rookie card needs reform. Well, well, why does it need reform? Well, you know, the first one is because of the eBay listings, right? It's the wild, wild west out there. It's anything and everything is a rookie card. And, and technically they're, they're not, not, not all rookie cards are created equal. That's another reason. Uh, uh, but also I, I have found that um, the industry even can't define what a rookie card is anymore. If you go ask certain industry leaders, what their definition or, or your company, what's your company's definition of a rookie card, you're going to, you're going to get a wide variety of answers if they even dare to answer the question. Uh, uh, but also the, the rookie card uh, guidelines that, that are out today, it's just too loose. It's just too loose. Now I'm not a big fan of having a narrow definition of a rookie card. I don't think going back to the eighties and nineties is the answer. Uh, but I don't think that having a very broad definition of a rookie card is good either. So I just think it's time for the rookie card to evolve once again. It always has evolved, but it's been documented. Now we have a um, almost 20 year span where it hasn't evolved. And we, I just think that we need to narrow this definition down, bring some, some boundaries and some lines of clarity so that we're all functioning on the same page. You, you shared that the confusion of trying to track down some of these Cubs rookie cards when you came back was one of the, the inspirations for creating the site. What is it about the rookie card in general, though, that is so why are you so passionate about the idea of a rookie card in general? You know, there's a lot of other cards that you can collect, you know, and, and I, yeah. I agree that 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 clarity is something that could be used, but, 
but why rookie cards at all? You know, why is that the thing that, that you have become so passionate about? Yeah, I, I think it's, I think it's my, it's just my, my upbringing, right? I, I started collecting in 1981 as a 10 year old boy. And by 1984, there was a rookie card boom. And I was heavily involved in that rookie card boom. And, and all through the eighties, it was, I'm, the rookie card has always been a part of my collecting journey. It has always been the focal point of my collecting. And when you look at the industry and the market today, the rookie card is, in my opinion, the most important card in, in the hobby today. It, the impact that the rookie card has is enormous, right? And, and if you look at my, Michael Jordan was once asked this, are you the greatest basketball player that has ever played the game? And Michael's response was basically, listen, who the greatest is, is more for, for PR and more for show and more for debate, right? He was, but he went on to say that the way you can really tell who the greatest basketball player is, is what kind of impact did the player have in evolving the game? And so if we take that same concept and we ask the same question about the rookie card, right? The rookie card has been the most impactful card in the hobby today. The rookie card has, can, can change someone's life if they pull something big enough, right? The, the rookie card is that something that is beloved by every type of collector. We may not all like to collect rookie cards, but we can all agree that the rookie card has significance within the hobby. It's an important card and we need to understand how it's evolved and we need to understand and I guess protect the, the sanctity of the rookie card because right now it just seems like everything is muddied. Everything is unclear. Everything is, you know, um, it's up to whatever you think it is that that's what it is. And, and I just think that's, I don't, I don't think that's right. Let's sh let's shift a little bit and talk a little bit about your collection. What does that collection look like for you now? What types of things or what sets are there just particular players? What's your collection look like? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big, today I'm a big um, PSA set registry collector. I, I really love to put um, the set registries of a certain player's uh, rookie cards, especially if, if that player has meant something to me, uh, for example, Kobe Bryant, I have Kobe Bryant's set registry, Tim Duncan, um, Frank Thomas. I mean, you name it, the list goes on and on. But those are all players that really mean something to me. That's what I really like to collect. Um, but again, the stuff that I like to collect, Mike, and here's, here's the, another rub, right? Is that the base rookie card has been devalued. You don't see a lot of people posting a base rookie card on social media because that's not where all the excitement is, right? That's, that's considered boring, right? Uh, who collects base rookie cards and the base rookie card in, in modern product it's, is, is, oh my goodness. It's, it's like a, it's a garbage. It's a, it's a joke. You know, like, why would you collect that? Why would you send a base rookie card in for grading? Oh my goodness. And that's just, it's like, that's, that's my heart and soul right there. A base rookie card, you know? what's your approach to, to your collection? Do you just kind of set money aside and, and buy what you're looking for? Or do you do some of that buying and selling as well? Yeah, I've come into a, a agreement with my spouse as far as an allowance, you know, where I, where I get a, uh, 
biweekly allowance for my card budget. But I started finding out that, you know, creating content is expensive, Mike. And you, you talk the cost of, uh, you know, a website when you talk about StreamYard and you talk about all these other things. Next thing you know, it's like, man, this is really um, eating a chunk out of my card, monthly card budget. And so I had to I had to pivot a little bit and I started to, uh, uh, you know, uh, self-sustaining hobby. Right. I had to kind of embrace that concept. And I started um, at first I started sending in a bunch of cards to get graded. Um, uh, but then I, I started, you know, I have a lot of I have a lot of inventory here. So I started learning on how to successfully create an eBay store and um, listening to folks like yourself. Uh, you, you're very inspiring or listening to uh, bowl over at 1 million Cubs project and just asking questions. And I've, and, and I've opened up my own eBay store in the last year. And I've really been, I've been, it's been doing, I've been doing well. I, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I, I'm having, I'm not becoming like a millionaire per se, but I'm, I am able to uh, sustain my hobby and it's been very, very helpful and I've learned so much from from so many of you, and um, I just I just put it into action, right? I just applied what you guys have been teaching, and it's working. Where else? You know, we talked about the website. We talked a little bit about how we are both writing now for Hobby News Daily. Where else do you create content or share ideas and share your collection? Uh, yeah, I have a I have a podcast on on Spotify and Apple of. Victor, the rookie card specialist. And I also have a YouTube channel, uh, Victor, the rookie card specialist, uh, or you can find me at uh, true underscore RCS. Yeah. The, the website I started in 2016, uh, but you know, getting, getting, getting attention to a, um, a website, a hobby website is very difficult in today's age. As, you know, I found if you're not affiliated with somebody or if you're not part of uh, a, a bigger venue, you're not going to get a lot of eyeballs on your articles. And I was wondering what to do or how to do it. And I finally took me like three years to work up enough courage to start a YouTube channel. And I, I started a YouTube channel on 20, in 2020 and I wanted to expand my reach a little bit. And uh, with the help of uh, John Newman, who kind of inspired me, I started a podcast uh, in 2021. Has the community of content creators been something that has added to your collecting experience? I know for me, the, the one aspect of creating the blog and then ultimately the podcast was that outlet to be able to share information. But as I started to do that and was able to start building connections and meeting other podcasters and meeting other bloggers and writers, the, the community of content creators has been something that's added so much more for me and my enjoyment of the hobby. I was curious if you experienced the same thing or, uh, or not. Oh, 100%, 100%. Uh, I, I've, uh, I uh, had so many uh, positive interactions with, with so many people in the, in the hobby and it's through the, uh, through the content creation with, with YouTube. So many people are so inviting, so open for, uh, to you to for you to ask questions and and that sort of thing and they um, I, I leaned on a couple of people to really um, you know get their take should should I do this or shouldn't I you know and I really uh, chewed on it for several years but it was the community of that really 
um, was applauding for me to, to do it. And, and that's how I worked up enough nerve to actually get in front of the camera. It was actually a little nerve wracking, but, but we got past it. Very cool. Well, Hey, I really appreciate you spending a few minutes today talking about your passion, the rookie card. We've mentioned a few of the different places throughout the conversation today, but just to kind of summarize everything uh, for those out there listening, Give us the rundown of where people can get in touch with you and find the stuff that you're creating if they want to learn more and see more about what you've got going on. Yeah, thanks, Mike. Yeah, if you go to any social media platform and do uh, at true underscore RCS, I'll, I'll pop up. And then obviously my website, truerookiecards.com. Very cool. Thanks, Victor. I, I really appreciate you spending some time today. Thanks, Mike. Well, I appreciate Victor's willingness to come on the show and talk about his passion of the rookie card. I recommend that you check out his website and his other content if you want to learn more about rookie cards or if you're just as passionate as he is about rookie cards, he's a great person to connect with. You can connect with me on Twitter at the Mike Summer. You can send me an email at waxpackhero at gmail.com. I'm waxpackhero on TikTok, Instagram, and threads as well. I would love to connect with you hear about your collection, hear your story of your collection, and get any feedback you've got for the show. That is all I've got for today, so I'll catch you next time.